sound check one two one two make sure this thing is streaming properly and uh, we're going to go ahead and jump right into this today obviously it's the secret energy podcast this is episode six i'm your host the Keymaker, and it's time to get things on point so let's just take a break for a second and get this sound checked out and we'll go into this if you have a questioning nature and a desire to nourish your essence within you have reached the realm of truth live from inner space it's the next sequel to interactive enlightenment Brought to you by your host, Seven Bomar. Enjoy non-stop breakthroughs, advanced knowledge, and self-discovery to the core of your very essence. Join us as we map the blueprint to the cosmos and dissolve the mysteries of the Matrix. You are now connected to the Keymaker. All right, all right. So it sounds like Soundcheck is doing excellent. Everybody says loud and clear. So since we're working with time, working in time, we're going to you know, get a little brevity happening today and see how many of these questions we can get through. Also, for those that are just tuning in, the Keymaker is a series where we uh, address, not attempt, but we address all matters of this plane and the cosmos and dimensions, inner space, you name it. And um, because of the paradoxical relationship with the reality that we have, sometimes you have uh, answers to questions that seem like uh, they're a bit hypocritical, meaning that you yeah, big and a small in the same sentence. And that's just because, again, this is a paradox, so we do our best. And uh, also, I want to send out a big thanks to everyone that's been just commenting on these threads and, and the posts and the information that we've been leaving is truly inspirational. I know sometimes I don't have the opportunity to respond back to everyone, but I just wanted to let you know that I do see your message from time to time or sometimes, you know, weeks in the future when I do get a chance to go across things. But you are seen, you are known. Uh, obviously, we're going to have a giveaway today. We're actually going to give away two uh frequency sets uh those will be in relation to the track that is played when this starts somebody's been asking me about that uh about the track that goes on when before we actually start the secret energy podcast and um and since that's such a, a very powerful collaborative mix mix of uh whole ratios uh we've decided to make it available on our store and uh, but today we're going to give away a couple of those. We're going to give away uh, university and we're also going to give away uh, some regeneration solve if we as we did last week. So lots of giving. Uh, also, let me uh, get Nightbot up real quick just to make sure that we're able to start tracking everyone that's a part of the call right now. Uh, so that way, when we do have these giveaways that you'll be entered in that drawing and to be entered into the drawing, all you have to do is actually just type something inside of the chat box. What's up? Wholeness, whatever it is, even a period. And that will actually enter you in today's drawing. Um, definitely like subscribe if that's something that uh, you feel like you want to do. <laughs> I'm not forcing you to do anything, but if you have been feeling this message and or you're just coming in, you like what you hear today, just remember to like and subscribe. It does help the channel get some visibility, uh, especially with YouTube's new algorithm. It's very important for us, especially, um, you know, just to bring more awareness in to allow us to stand out in all of this that we're going through right now and all this information that we're presenting. Also, this has been going on for 10 years. It's uh, been quite a bit of time that I've been just doing the best that I can to actually get everyone in a comfortable space uh, with their consciousness and that 10 years has definitely bought us a lot of wisdom and a lot of experiences and I just wanted to let everybody know today that I'm actually speaking from that wisdom and experience uh, versus either vainly reciting meaning just repeating something that somebody else said or um, I don't know 
you know, any other way beside getting knowledge, beside experience and actually really going through the process yourself, seeing how it works or going into the spiritual spaces yourself, seeing how they work and, and really coming here in 2019, almost 2020, but coming here in 2019 and bringing a 2019 version that we can all comprehend of what we're experiencing. So not the 2000 year ago vernacular, which uh, may be somewhat inintelligible at this stage, but exactly what it takes for us to understand what we're going through, utilizing the, the symbols, uh, the language and the terms that we use today and that we recognize. Also, we should all recognize that this is December the 8th. So, wow, a year has gone by already again. Hmm. And uh, actually, we're on the cusp of one of the biggest awakenings for humanity. That's obviously the 2020. Many of us have discussed it. I've discussed it. Martin Kinney's discussed it. And, um, of course, you see a lot of things happening around these dates as far as transformations that are happening within the reality. And so we're coming into this and we're looking to be as geared up and as prepared as possible. And that's by not only giving out this information, but also creating applications for uh, solutions, like meaning that we can raise a lot of um, issues, but we must be equally astute to raise some actual solutions in with that. Because I always believe that solution exists before the problem, meaning that some, the sun should exist before the shadow or the light should exist before the shadow. And uh, so that means that anything that we highlight does have indeed a solution. And we work to get to that space. But also, you know, we like to highlight everything. So even some of the things that you may hear today, um, it may sometimes be a little bit disturbing for you, especially if it's new information. But we ask you either to go and do the investigation yourself or, you know, do some meditations and sit with it for a while and see what your spirit says. So give me just a quick minute. I'm going to pop on this fan because it's hot. All right. And um, also what I've done is I've actually began to sift through some of the questions that are being presented. As you know, if you do have a question that you wanted to present to the Keymaker today, all you have to do is type that question in the chat box. And we ask that you put question, Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N, before that. So that way the um, moderators that are in the chat, much love to the moderators, uh, that they're able to get that question back to us. And also, you may want to check out the vernacular before you hit enter, meaning make sure that it's kind of phrased like a question and that it reads through. There's no rush. We'll definitely get to it uh, if it's not redundant. And that's what I wanted to bring forth today is that what we've been doing now is we're sifting through the questions and we're removing redundant questions. And that way it doesn't get boring for those that have been paying attention to all these podcasts and, uh, and they keep hearing the same question be answered over and over again, even though I can always continuously give it to you repetitively we've actually set up something for you to be able to enjoy that with jumping into what we call real search and real search is a part of secret energy it is actually on the right tab and it will allow you to be able to go through all of the content that we've posted that we put inside of that feed and all of this content will be able to be searched by you based on keywords. So if it's been a couple of weeks, your question didn't get answered, that more than likely means that we've already answered it. And so what we're asking you to do at this stage is to actually go uh, to, excuse me, I opened the wrong page here, but we ask you to go to Real Search and uh, 
type in, you know, the keywords around your question and then hit enter. And then you'll more than likely find quite a few videos where I've discussed those topics. So simply put, you type in Kundalini, you're going to get every single video that I said Kundalini, which is dope because you can literally go back through every time that I broke down Kundalini, even add some extra stuff to it and uh, enhance even the description of it. And, uh, and so that's always great because what I find even when I go back eight years on some of the content is that, man, it's still fresh. Now, that's just on me because, you know, it is my content, so I can't judge myself. But the reality is, is I find that the information is still intact after several years. And there's gems that are going on all the time in some of those older recordings. So you may have to dig through them and uh, unbury those treasures. And that's exactly what Real Search is about. It allows you to do that easy. Remember, our whole goal also is to... Uh, again, bring brevity to actually not spend all your not spend up all your time with you on the website, uh, but actually get you out in the physical reality doing things and get you actually into action. And how we've been able to do that is continuously innovate the way that we present this message. And one of the big innovations that's coming, thanks to my great friend, Napolis, who's also an ambassador, is he's going to begin breaking down these videos based on questions, which is going to be great. And then what we're going to do is we're just going to start posting videos that are just the questions. And I think that this will help uh, because, one, it'll make the videos a lot shorter. And, like, some of these questions get answered in a 10-minute span. And then also to give you material to pass on to someone else that you feel like may be interested in the topic or present a question to you. And instead of you trying to answer it uh, or finding information on it, you're able to just send them one of these videos. And so we feel like that's going to be a really good resource for everyone and also even for us to get more information out there and to begin to share content. So that's what's up. Um, let me see. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and get started with this. Let me find my chat box. Let me take a breath in. Giving honor to the ancestors and dialing into the space. In fact, let's take a moment to dial into the space since fools rush in. How we dial into the space is with a sequence or a code that we know is tied directly into the reality. That code is Sunday, which is one. Monday, which is two. Tuesday, which is nine, Wednesday, which is five, Thursday, which is three, Friday, which is six, Saturday, which is eight, and that's it. So we have one, two, nine, five, three, six, eight, which equals 34, and 34 equals seven, and that gives you seven days of the week. And what this is about is that we've actually been able to isolate the archetypical numbers that are related to every day of the week. We use that on our website. Uh, we call that cosmic energy. And it's a system that is thousands of years old, uh, also under eneology, also under Jewish numerology. And this system allows us to know a bit more about each other, to actually begin to dig in not only to about each other, but mainly ourselves, right? Because how can you know everybody else if you don't know yourself? So it allows you to know a lot more about yourself, your resonance, your correspondence. And it's a very conform conf confirmational tool 
when you're actually seeing things like your favorite color there and things smells that you like. And also, of course, when you see things that you didn't know about, it strengthens you to be able to utilize these components. So again, you'll find that on the right tab at Secret Energy. And I actually want to show everyone something before I begin the show today, because I put in a tutorial uh, on the website and it actually could be very instrumental. There was one question that someone asked and it was in relation to how um, one goes about even navigating or using the tools that are on the site. They were a little bit confused. So let me see if I can just open up a screen capture here real quick. It seems like it's capturing another screen. So let me just uh, set the settings here to capture the screen that I have up here. Always laugh because this is always the same stuff we use every single time we come in, but every single time it's always got something new that it's doing. So let me just push this real quick and see if it's actually just showing... Yeah, it's showing the wrong screen. So just give me a quick second. Let me set up the screen capture because there's a couple things that I just want to show everyone before we get started. And uh, I want to do that for sure because, give me one second. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't have touched it. All right, so give me just a quick second because I'm not actually seeing my camera And then it just goes away real quick. So let me see what's up with that. Okay, I, I'm not going to mess with it, actually. Let's, let's not get that started today because that wasn't supposed to do that. But if you jump onto the Secret Energy website, and let me just add this video capture, screen capture, new screen capture. This will be the 50th new screen capture. Configure, go to the monitor number two. And put that up on the screen. Okay. So let's try that and see if that gets us what we're looking for. Okay, there we are. So this is obviously the Secret Energy website. And um, let's see if I can just... It's clowning today. It's clowning. So let me just see if I can fix up a little something. I should have known not to play with this today. Because it was going to love to clown me in front of everybody. So here we go. Let's try that. And then let's push this and see. Okay, there we go. So that's good enough. We'll just keep it like that. So if you go to the Secret Energy website, this is the first page. This is forward slash home. You'll actually find a tab here called start the tour. So there used to be a video here, but now it's a tab. And when you click that, what will happen is, is that you'll actually get a chance to go through this tour, uh, which is going to pop up here in a moment. Hopefully, there it is, boom. And this tour will actually let you see everything that is in the website, mainly how to get to it from the tabs and what those tabs are. So you just would click next and it would keep running you through the process of letting you know exactly where things are in the site and why we put those things there. And then also how to use them. As you see now, I'm in the tab and it's explaining to me everything about how to uh, go through the site and what, again, these tabs on the right panel are for. Now, I don't want to do too many screen captures today because I want to definitely uh, get those that are looking at today's call into, uh, especially through a podcast, I want to get them to be able to understand what we're saying without the support of too many of these uh, things that are on the screen. So let me just take one more moment again to get back my video. There it is. It blinks in every now and then. Something's up with it today, but let me just keep doing it until it jumps in. Yeah. 
All right. Hey. Okay. So, uh, like I said, you know, technology, it's got its flaws. Like, I don't know why they keep trying to produce technology and present technology as if it's the solution. Like, it's just an, uh, a tool, an accruciment to the experience and the reality. But definitely, it's not a solution as far as the bugginess. So, let me keep going with this. I'm going to start jumping into questions. I do want to check the chat really briefly to make sure everything is rolling and everybody's seeing things. Wow, that chat is moving. Woo. Jeez, I guess it's working over there. So that's what it is. We have about 493 people watching today. So I guess we should get started already. So let's do that. So this first question is, is it safe to say that beings who are not awakened just yet and who speak negatively constantly on themselves are archons? Okay, so that is today's question. Uh, First question. In fact, let me just take a moment. Excuse me, I, I kind of sped ahead a little bit too fast into the questions. I was actually explaining to everybody why we dial in. And so let me just take a moment to do that. So we dial in because obviously, you know, we're all coming from different spaces and times. And what is most important is actually not all of the information. What's important is the information that you need right now. So in order to be able to bring us into that harmonic, then it's best that we kind of dial the same phone number and then we pick up that same line and then we start communicating through that line and we'll be in complete sync with no static. And in fact, the reality is configured the same way that there's actually a specific wavelength or a frequency or numerical archetypical code that actually dials us all into this space, which I'll just say today is Earth Prime. And that telephone number is 1295368. And where these numbers are pulled from is a system that is thousands of years old that, amongst many other things, gives us the number or the archetype of today. And the interesting thing is, as we often talk about that because Ma'at, is mathematics. Ma'at is the word that we get our word math from. That ma'at means to be exact. And our ancestors were only studying and immersing in and exploring and experiencing exact knowledge. They didn't deal with the distortions because the exact knowledge had already been revealed in nature. And some are now just discovering that with the phi ratios and the non-Euclidean geometry. And yeah, it's happenings. But it's so precise that it's still something being used even in today's setting, despite you would think that some of this stuff is not even being utilized. And so when we take the numbers 1, 2, 9, 5, 3, 6, 8, it equals the 34, and then 3 plus 4 equals 7, which gives us 7 days of the week, showing us that it is a perfect numerical balance for this matrix. And what each number stands for is one is actually a synthesis. It's the soul. It's the sun. It's the, the soul or the spirit of everything combined in one. The spirit of everything combined in one is the soul. And so we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but it is the central aspect of things, and it's often seen to be in a seed form because it's so potent, it needs to be broken down, okay? And that brings us to the number two, which is symbolic to the celestial body, the moon. And the moon's responsibility is to actually break down the sun, just like the womb 
that is on the divine feminine's responsibility is to take in the heavy materials, let's say the meat, let's say the vegetables, let's say um, drinks, different things, and then to break all of that down into a liquid or a substance that the child can eat uh, to nourish itself while it's in the womb. So the purpose of the moon is to actually refract or break down or to divide the sun, okay? And then that brings us to the next number, which is Mars, which is number nine. And the number nine is associated with protection. The number nine or Mars is a guardian. It is symbolic to even if you flip the M upside down, you have wars. Even in a war, when you say bring in more arms, that means bring in more weapons because it is a guardian. It is similar to a cherubim in itself. And the reason why that's designed that way is because after the synthesis is broken down, now it's got to go through the gestation process, which is going to take some time. So it's important to actually put a hedge around it. It's like a shell, something to protect it as it goes through this process of gestation. Then once it gestates, we then get our number five, which is actually a cognate of our uh, day Wednesday and also our, uh, let's say, on the deity level, Mercury or Thoth, which is more symbolically thought or information or uh, letters and languages, numbers, etc. So from the birth of, uh, of this synthesis, what you get is everything that it takes to actually run a reality. And so we're in a reality now, we're using languages, we're using codes, we have customs. All these things are about, brought about in this stage of five. And then we move to the next stage, which is three, which is our day Thursday, which is also known as Guru, also known as Jupiter. These are the same words when you cross them across languages, meaning they mean the same thing. And Jupiter is a gas giant. It is large and jovial and abundant. And this is obviously the next stage that you would reach once the great awakening of, of knowledge and information begins to pour out through the land. People get fat. They go through, a.k.a. a golden age. They start to learn more, know more. So things are expanding and then this gets you to the next stage, which is six, which is Friday, which is Venus, which is all about the motivation, all about the abundance. It's all about the thing that drives you, what keeps you going, what makes you want to do this. This is all connected into the planet Venus or the number six. And then finally, we come to the last day of the week, which is obviously the number eight, which corresponds to the planet Saturn. And Saturn is the sober planet. It's like the one that comes in and sets the rules, sets things straight. As we know, Saturn's other name is bar. And this is where we get the terms like the bar exam. And it actually is a reference directly to that. There must be some kind of rule or order when all of this is going on, because even just like a farmer will see, if you let other plants grow over the top of others, then they could choke them out. So something actually must set the boundaries inside of this matrix. And of course, this is why Saturn has um, 
uh, gotten a reputation from some people, especially when they misinterpret it as being uh, a dark planet or evil planet. And it's just because something is responsible for doing the killing or the removing. And something is also responsible for the sadness that often brings the transmutation. And of course, the sadness that others experience when they're put in check or put in order and they have to actually rebuild. So that is the Saturnalian energy. So there you have it. In those archetypes, there is actually no great movie, something that won Emmys, even you like it, you cried, that doesn't include all of these archetypes. And the closer they make it into the proper order, the more you will find that you resonate with that movie or book. So these are the archetypes that are used to build the reality. And there's truly nothing inside of the circumference of these particular characters or avatars um, that basically there's nothing outside of this, meaning that everything that you experience in the reality can be tied into one of these energies, okay? So now that we got that in play, now that we're actually inside of the same resonance, now we're going to begin, and the question is, is it safe to say that beings who are not awakened just yet and who speak negatively constantly on themselves are archons, okay? And so now, since we understand that dialing in of the frequencies, we can actually get an idea, really, with all these questions more, uh, we can get actually very clear answers. So truthfully, when a person is acting out in such ways, now just to answer the question directly, can they be considered as archons? It's most important to realize that, you know, there's a lot of information out there about archons and Anunnaki and think the human mind is always genetically disposed to seeing the negative of everything. Uh, they actually would insist that things are actually only negative. And there's nothing here actually on the planet that consists of one specific frequency when we're talking about positive, negative, and neutral. So to get deeper into the story of the archons, you have to just look at the et etymology of the name now. What is an arc? An arc is obviously in itself uh, like a bow. An uh, arc could be seen as a part of a circle. So truly what the archons actually were, were archetypes, just like we have that other word that has arc in it. And these are archetypes of the energies and the essences that pervade across the planetary system. Some said that the archons were actually inside of the moon sleeping, or what you would say is dead but dreaming, and that every phase of the moon actually uh, projects one of these energies more so than the other on the planetary system to give us what we would say is a total, uh, uh, as we said, the moon being uh, the component of breaking down the sun, to give us a total idea of every single aspect of what we're calling totality. So let's say in this respect, then if a person is speaking negatively and they don't appear to be awake, then they probably could be corresponding to the more of the sleep side or the lunar side of the arconic energy that is still sitting in the darkness in itself and the distortion of not realizing the great gift that they've been given. Now, are we here to judge them? Are we here to condemn them? The reality also is, is that if we remove any of these components, it actually robs us all of having the process of going through, realizing through experience why we wouldn't want to carry ourselves in such ways. So you only hear on Earth in this universe uh, and getting these lessons from this university. You can only really get those lessons through contrast. 
So in order for you to experience the beautitude, you must see ugly things. In order for you to understand even what is wholesome for you, you must see exactly what the poisons will be for you. And to each his own, we're all unique beings. So another man's trash could be another man's treasure. So this literally means that what you prefer is still based on contrast. And the reality does a really good job at dishing up those contrasts. And if you can say that those are different energies and essences and archetypes, then you can actually then uh, cipher that that is really what is meant by archonic energy. Okay, so that answers that question. So we'll move on to the next one. This next question is how you cut. How do you cut off the toxicity that you are born in? Family tree. My family tree is so toxic. It's a blockage to my financial abundance. How do I detach myself from the negativity? And uh, I actually remember us answering this question just a little bit, but I bought it up again just to make sure that we're very clear on the process of dealing with uh, toxic energies around us. Even when we use the term family, like I actually consider every single part of this reality a part of my family. And I definitely know that there's parts of this reality that are not as harmonic with where I'm at right now. So the question is, how do I deal with that? And also there's a highlight here to financial abundance, uh, which can also be blocked when you get too toxic. Of course, this is kind of logic. You know, you really don't feel like being abundant when people around you that actually don't uh, have that same kind of ideal in mind or even pulling things away from you. And that actually brings us to uh, something that I brought up in ambassador training this week. And uh, for those that want to jump in on a deep dive with the tribe and uh, have the ability, I would recommend definitely join ambassador training. You'll learn a lot more about etiology and yourself. And you also learn about that through others, which is great because it gives you more to bounce things off of rather than just yourself. And uh, so what this is really about is this is about that when your energy is not flowing, it does cause some blockages. And also we've highlighted a while ago that when Family members also have had issues. Let's say great grandma, grandma, uh, great granddad, granddad, you know, being a little bit careless on their lives, maybe drinking and not being sober their whole life, not building things, not learning skills, etc. And then passing that DNA to you because that DNA is like a, a baton, right? So in your family, in your lineage, in your spectrum, you have this baton of light that is passed to you. And regardless of whatever it says, you got to roll with it because that's, of course, your DNA. And we call that, you know, playing the cards or playing with the cards that you were dealt. Now, of course, we would love to see all aces, a straight flush, you know, a royal, what do they call it, a royal flush. And we would love to get a hand like that. But actually, the truth is, just because you have a you've been dealt a royal flush doesn't mean that you're going to win the game. You can actually get bluffed out. So we actually find that our ancestors were really good card players. They knew how to play with what cards they were dealt. And a lot of this had to do with their own personality and demeanor. So just like in a poker game, you can kind of reveal your hand if you look at the hand and you immediately are dissatisfied with what you receive and you fold. Okay, but there are master poker players that no matter what hand they get, they already know how to play this hand. So sometimes when they get even a bad hand, they double down right away to put a little fear in those that are maybe carrying that royal flush or whatever to think maybe I can't even beat what he has in his hand. 
And then this procedure starts with you basically playing with what you have and learning that it's actually your essence. It's actually your energy and it's how you're carrying yourself that determines whether or not, let's say, uh, some distortions that have happened in the past don't just become a really good story about your success or don't just become the contrast to what you're going to receive. And we often hear statements like that. One of mine is, is that I've never seen anybody that had become something go through nothing, meaning I've never seen anybody that became something great that just had this history of actually everything went well for them. Generally, uh, people are, are that have this type of character and, and really are able to pioneer new ways and new pathways into the future uh, have actually been through quite a bit and have been able to rise beyond that and using their experience go into creating something that others may have not even seen but could definitely use and could definitely honor and respect. So with that being said, also about, you know, this toxicity that goes on around us with family members and blockages to our abundance, we also realize that, oh, and this is what we talked about, that in life, there's a field that's around you that has things seen and unseen. Like even the future is virtually unseen, but the energy is already present. It's already shaping and forming the future. So this means that you have to be really proactive about making sure that your own skill set, Basically, I call that what you're bringing to the table. That's why we talk about uniqueness and the discovery of your uniqueness and how to cultivate your uniqueness in ambassador training. But this is about basically when you do finally come to the table of your life uh, and you start co-creating with others, it's important to have something to contribute. And so, of course, we have family members that may always pull and take things. Just you know, They come to the table only to pull from the table. But symbiotics is about you coming with something to give and also receiving something. So you want to make sure you have that two-way flow going on. But if you're only taking and you're never receiving, you want to watch that because that actually throws you off balance. So every time someone gives me something, whether it's knowledge or information or whatever, I always make sure that I, I do my best to actually give something back to them, whether it's resources to continue on with their mission, uh, maybe some heartfelt words, if that's what I have to deliver to them. But whatever is of the greatest value that I feel like that I can, I can give them, I do it. And it's because I've already received something and I always want to keep that channel open and going in that direction. So in my life, I actually give a lot because I know that I'll continuously receive a lot. And as the old saying says, it's better to give than receive, meaning that it's better to have the ability to actually give something to then to be there asking for something. Right. And so this could often be uh, even a flaw within the religious structures because there's a consistent asking God for things rather than doing things that are related to building uh, the harmonics or the energy that is related to such concepts and ideals. So in order to truly genuflect with the Supreme, one must consider what does the Supreme want? And the simple answer to that question is just for you to take care of yourself and for you to take care of those that are around you as if they're your own children and your own family, the do unto others as they would do unto you kind of statement, build as much value as you can within others and the things that are around you and you will always reap what you sow in relation to that however when someone and as we're talking directly towards the family structure when someone is not practicing those principles they do actually pass that energy or that debt on to you and in order to actually get balanced and these are again words that are more related to the financial structure debt balance those kind of things 
uh, current, those kind of things, then what you want to do is you want to look at your energy centers. You want to look at your overall consumption. This means from your mouth to your eyes to your ears, not just what you're eating, but also what you're hearing and what you're seeing. And you want to assess the quality and also the energetic content of what you're putting in. And what this does is it gives you more fuel, more current to balance out many of the debts. And also the debts do appear as disease hereditary issues. So this is how you go directly at those kind of things and at least set the balance straight for those that are going to come in your family. They don't even necessarily have to be your own children, but people that are actually using that DNA within your family structure. You can actually begin to clean things up within yourself that do affect them. And that was actually another one of the questions today. And so I'll jump into that when we get to that space. But overall, even when we use terms like cut off, uh, it's kind of interesting because you can never really cut the cord that you have that threads us all to the sun. And we'll talk about that here in a moment. Uh, so what you can do, though, is you can actually put them on uh, time out, meaning that it is more beneficial if you feel like that you cannot sustain yourself in that kind of atmosphere and that kind of environment to relocate and put yourself into another environment, at least to have the chance to regroup and to rebuild who you are. So this all is, is very basic stuff. It's very basic fundamentals, but it is very important that you cannot carry and assist others if you cannot hold yourself up and assist yourself. And that seems like common sense, uh, but common sense is not common. So beyond that also, there becomes the willingness to make that move. Obviously, there's an emotional um, struggle that we have at times with abandoning because it feels like that abandoning others and going on to our own growth in order to to be able to have a joyous and happy life but what I can assure you especially from doing it myself meaning removing myself from everybody that I was around uh, especially in my previous life in the matrix in order to see new vistas and to reboot myself because the other thing is is that it's unfortunate that when you try to change and because day after day this change must take place and you must stay within the change you can often reset back to who you were before because someone is trying to see you through that lens meaning that even when you're trying to change they're egging you like oh man trust me that's not going to work I tried it before or you're not going to stick to that or you're the same old person especially if there's an argument they really try to throw those arrows which try to remind you of who you were in the past so it becomes difficult to move on from that and if you see that going on that is one of the most uh, mature and adept moves that you can even make within this life is to have have the energy to break away. Go away for at least a week, at least two weeks to another country. Come to Costa Rica. Sure, not that far from the United States. And spend some time with yourself. Sometimes we always look to, to keep overstimulating ourselves or to keep finding something external to confirm our own existence. Let me go and find this person or I'm going here to do that with these people or I want to see what the clubs are like over there or I'm trying to find me a wife. Maybe I'll go there. And that, that's the same thing. You're actually not going to go anywhere and find something different with those kind of ideals. What you're really looking to do is to set yourself apart for a moment from all of the stimulus that you're receiving within your environment and then start gaining bearing, start being able to listen to yourself. And then of course, also be able to regenerate because those periods that you have away from all of the chaos and the confusion that you can experience in your normal environment, when that's moved away, you get a chance to see deeply within yourself. And nature is a great tool for doing that because it's a consistent reflection of who we truly are. And it actually shows us how things operate in balance. So it's great to go somewhere where there's lots of nature to start that healing process. And I know I give a, I gave a long answer 
answer to this question, but this question actually centers around many of the questions that I didn't answer today uh, because they were all related really to this same thing about, you know, how to get oneself into the right level of financial abundance and, and how to start to metamorphosize the things around them, especially if it's really on a negative level. And you just got to remember that you're the controller in this. And I never saw anyone that truly had the intentions to actually change up their life and change up their space that they really wanted to do it. Not just the, the fake, yeah, that's what I want to do, but really wanted to do it that didn't get assistance in some way, shape or form to do it. And that's because we have an ability to morph the entire field around us and to manifest the things, especially if they're in alignment with God. And I'm going to explain that here in just a minute in a row right now. I figured out this thing where when it came to, let's say, paranormal forces, if you wanted them to move on your behalf, then all you had to do is make whatever it is that you were trying to achieve a part of what they were trying to achieve. And how this came about was is that when I was still thinking that there was an external God and I was praying to this external God, I would notice when I was praying for things that I want, well, God, can you please give me a, a really great relationship? It wouldn't happen. But then when I was playing, praying for things that seemed to be in the business, benefit of the God. Well, God, you know, I want to be able to deliver this message more to you, but I need uh, uh, some money for the bus to do this. Then all of a sudden the money will pop up. No, out of nowhere. And then even when I say, well, you know, I need a car so I can travel across town so that I can deliver this message a little bit more. All of a sudden I had a car. So I said, hmm, this is very strange. Now, later on in the future, when I realized that we are the gods, of course, I made a slight adjustment to that formula. And I started realizing that if I put myself into the state of consciousness where I would be manifesting the things that were in the flow that would be better to my supreme self, then those things will happen right away. Versus if I was asking for something that was just only going to be at my own detriment, I would literally have to beat the door down in order to get that to actually become a part of my reality. So now when we bring that back into the scope of just manifestation, like they call like in the secret, you know, being able to manifest things through your thoughts, etc. What it really says is, is that when you're looking to truly get involved and engage in things that are going to be better for you, going to actually increase who you are, really not just feed more of your pleasures and desires, but actually truly assist you in getting forward, those things actually are able to manifest just like that versus things that are still going to be holding you back because you've been doing so much of that and manifesting so much of that energy. There's really no repository of fuel for you to be able to, to get that kicked off. So you have this other side, and this is what I'll say to people who feel like they're experiencing a, a somewhat of a distorted reality Make no mistake and realize that within all energies, if you're experiencing one, that means the other one is just building up a lot. So you have to learn within yourself how to tap into that other force that is now probably so over, overflowing that when you finally crack it open, you just get this floodgates of benefits and you can generally ascribe those benefits to the changes that you made. So this is a bit of a metaphysical introspection about how to actually manifest things uh, and what are the mechanics behind that instead of just saying, oh, I want a new house or oh, I want a new car. Or, I want a great boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Start thinking about the things that you truly need in your existence like I want to go to nature so that I can regenerate my soul and you'll find that the responses that you get from what we would think are just invisible forces will be a lot more expedient in order to answer that call because again it's you talking to yourself and we're going to reveal why that's the case here in just a moment so the next question here is where does madness come from okay 
And the madness, and, and again, all these questions I've bought in today because I really want to bring some proficient answers to this. And in this case, we're talking about real madness, just so that way we can distinguish the difference between just someone who's a bit off, maybe even a little bit bipolar, to someone who is being rushed to the crazy house. And it clearly appears that they have no longer uh, any control over what is going on with them, their attitude, and even what they're saying and what they're seeing. That's the madness that I'm actually referring to. And where that comes from, from is it actually comes from a process that I'm now saying is stripping, okay, to become stripped. And what this is in relation to is uh, I talked about recently about the birth of the microchip and how all of us have actually, well, not all of us, but many of us, well, actually probably all of us has actually been a part of not only the inception of the microchip into this reality, but also the the growth of it, the, the exponential growth of what we use microchips for and how that's changed the reality in such a short period of time. And so when we look at, you know, just how fast something can change things, we find that the computer chip is and the microchip is actually one of the things that have made the reality speed up and go very fast. And I found that, you know, if you can say that there's other beings that are out there and that they have a vested interest in what's happening here on Earth, some nefarious and some benevolent, I can definitely say that one of the desires, especially of the malevolent forms, would just be to speed up the process or the growth of what happens in the incubator or in this reality. This is very similar to trying to make a kid think like an adult but at a young age or putting a kid into a stage or a child into a stage where they have no choice but to actually get to uh, this level of maturity. But that's often premature in itself because they are not the age. They didn't enjoy certain things that they need to enjoy to build a good foundation to finally, when they became adept or adult, to have the proper foundation to stand on. And all this could happen if things are going too fast. And if you look at the reality, everything's about being fast. How fast can you type? How fast does the computer move? How fast does this camera focus how fast is can you get to this amount of money so it's fast 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 and the unfortunate part about fast is a lot of mistakes get made and in certain tenses if you can think of it as a motor if a motor starts moving faster than it's actually calibrated to run then what happens is you start stripping the gears so so too with the chakras that the chakras are themselves wheels and oftentimes even with taking substances or experiencing certain aspects of the reality or being under extreme stress this actually begins to break down the machination if you may or the system that is how all of our cognitive functions are running like what space am I in what am I touching who is this that's next to me and what mad where madness comes from is when one has been doing things or things have been done to them that start to strip those cognitive functions by either speeding them up or slowing them down or blocking them or breaking them and so there's different uh things that could actually happen to a person's wills but in the essence of madness which is what we're talking about now the wills have been broken something is not connecting So oftentimes in that person's consciousness, they're seeing an entirely different space. So just like I told you that the configuration for this realm is one, two, nine, five, three, six, eight. That's not the only configuration. There's other realms that work in different configurations. And let's say since that sequence equates to what we have going on here now, if we move the sequence around, we kind of get a different reality. There will be many things here that are that there that are similar to what goes on here, but there'll be some things there that just are not. And sometimes that could be into what you're visually seeing. 
Now, first of all, I just wanted to explain on the vision. I have a tutorial coming up that is for a, a great game to play with kids. Uh, and it's basically how you can show children what is within the reality, mainly within nature, static objects like trees and things, by showing them many of the different in- entities that are embedded within this photography, especially when you mirror it. And because of, and I forget the actual term, but the the term is about how we always look for the eyes to everything because it becomes for us, and there's a specific term, maybe somebody can type it in here, but it's a term that when we see pictures or we look at things, we first want to find the eyes. And they, they try to write that off as like just a condition of being human, but the truth is because we know the eyes are the gateways to the soul, we always try to find the eyes or the gateways to the soul. And the interesting thing about this reality, because we're only seeing half of it based on the eye that we're using, when we mirror many of the images together, of course, we can see images within the image. And I'll do a tutorial about this. Many already know about it. But what I'm bringing up here is, is that sometimes that happens in a person's mind that is mad that, or even on certain substances that that other half, if you may, if we talked a lot these days about these two sides of the consciousness, but when they both start seeing at the same time, they put the image together. And then, so what you're looking at is instead of just half of the reality, which is generally what you're seeing, you're seeing both parts of the reality. And so you're able to see what is really a, the fabric, what we call the fabric of reality, which is more of like a morphogenic blanket. It's where everything, whether it's going or coming, living or dead, can project itself through the fabric of the space that is around us if we are pairing up uh, uh, the parts of the reality that we're looking at. And this is actually what creates omniscience, meaning that in omniscience, what I'm capable of doing is using the fabric of reality to actually picture or see anything. This is also how remote viewing is. So it's basically, instead of me even just seeing out into the reality that I'm looking at now, my mind can actually begin to change what I'm seeing based on whatever I want to peer into. And if I'm using the paired Uh, aspect of my consciousness, meaning that both hemispheres of the brain are activated, now I see a lot of things. And this could get out of control and drive someone mad because obviously if you start just seeing whatever it is that you're thinking and then your mind is distorted or corrupt or missing a few links, then you only start seeing terrible things around you. And this leads to then the person talking to themselves and talking to things that you cannot see, but it feels like that they can see. And this is what happens when chakras are Stripped. And this is what is the onset of madness. And this is also why many occultists, especially in the past, have always exclaimed that it was something that you had to be aware of, especially when dealing with spirits. Because if other spirits that are larger than your form or actually are at a higher degree, that's why degrees is uh, really the, the measurement for intelligence. Knowledge is based on degrees, doctor degrees, etc. And also temperature, 5 degrees, 10 degrees, etc. That if something that you were connecting with has a non-compatible degree, then what could happen is, is that your, your consciousness can be stripped. So many of, uh, of the occultists in the past, especially those practicing the distorted knowledge, or at least thinking they were practicing the distorted knowledge, when the energy actually came upon them, it was too much for them, and then it kind of stripped their wills, and then now they're actually seeing from the perspective of more or less a consciousness that is broken, that is not actually functioning properly. So, again, I'm giving longer answers because many of the, ans- the questions that were asked actually center around this. So I'll keep going. 
the next question here is what is coming up in 2020 uh, that we should prepare to be sovereign by that time for? Uh, financial collapse, war with demons from CERN, mutation by and hunting down of melanated people. Like what, what's really going to happen, right? And uh, this is a very, very um, deep question because we have to really see this from different points of view. Like we can't see this from a singular point of view, like what somebody thinks is going to happen because this is what we, where we get all these responses from. It's like some people think that they're going to be hunted down by demons. Some people think that they're going to go into a utopia. Um, we know for sure that there's going to be some level of a singularity based on how technology is moving, but truly what 2020 is about rather than not speak, rather than trying to speak to every single one of those circumstances, which we've done in different uh, uh, conversations. But what 2020 is really about is actually seeing things clearly basically it's that moment where just like many of us had that awakening already we had that 2012 lineup go on within ourselves it's the point where you figure out what's really happening okay now while some could think that that would be a great time uh those of us that have been adept in harking back to the time that we came became aware of all the lies in the reality, it wasn't necessarily some of the most exciting moments. Now, it eventually did produce great character, and also you went into a whole other level and aspect of yourself and your your own endeavors and what you wanted to do in the reality. But in the moment that it was actually happening, it could be a bit of a blow. Okay, so we know that that's going to happen as we get into 2020 and things are very clear. This means that you get even the news saying this is exactly what's happening, meaning sources that people choose as authoritative sources, presidents, etc. They even tell you, yeah, there's a spiritual plane. Yeah, we're really working with uh, a more distorted form that we picked up from the dark side of Venus or the inverted half of Saturn. Yeah, we created. So you're going to get just the direct so people don't have to kind of or don't have that protection of thinking that it's a conspiracy. And I say it that way because many things that people actually know is happening, they still kind of put in the conspiracy category so that way they don't have to like really believe it's happening because it would be just too big of a blow for them. So they say, ah, maybe that's still a conspiracy. But when somebody that has authority tells them that same thing and makes it and confirms it as a fact, this then is something that must set in with them. And then there's a certain way they respond after that to their life and what's going on around them. Either they fold or they get stronger. So in 2020, we're going to see a lot of that happening. You've already seen the onset of it even this year, as many of the forces, whether they're malevolent or benevolent alike, are coming out and actually saying what they're really about and being very bold about it, especially since they think that the reality is configured in a way in which uh, will accept what they have to bring. Uh, that's why there's a lot of things that are just uncomfortable coming out right now that they're trying to get everybody to accept. And this is not really for us to say, okay, I accept that now. It's really to just actually say, okay, um, it's out. It's a part of the reality. And before I even get any deeper in today's conversation, I actually wanted to bring something up uh, that came up again in one of our ambassador meetings just recently, and it will give everybody a very clear picture of exactly what kind of reality uh, we're in, per se, and what also is the mysteries behind the soul. And it'll answer many questions that people have about whether it's flat or whether it's round and a lot of different things. But uh, I'm almost reluctant to turn this on only because we did have that little issue with my with my um um video but i'm just gonna try it again and see what happens let's try this i'm gonna actually leave that on and 
Actually, let me just put this on this line. And then, bam, I'll do it like that and hope that that works out a bit better. Actually, I should have put it on the second line. So what you're looking at is what's known as a Dyson Swarm. That's D-Y-S-O-N Swarm. And uh, this was a term uh, that came up years ago for me inside of my consciousness when the higher self was explaining to me exactly where we were at and what we were experiencing. And even when I went and looked this up, I didn't necessarily, I wasn't able to really correlate this with uh, what was exactly happening to me in the reality. Uh, But through uh, some situations that just occurred recently, something came back to my mind and said, hey, what you're describing is a Dyson swarm. Remember, you saw that picture. So you don't even have to create an illustration. There's already been an illustration created around it. Okay, and so I'm just going to explain this really briefly because this is actually a perfect model of the soul. And this is why uh, even the Dyson has sun within it. And, uh, and it's a hint to that it's the division of the sun. And while these are technical, if not scientific terms, they actually ring true with what goes on in the metaphysical aspects of the creation. So now let's just look at this very briefly. And what we see is we see a sphere. And on the outside of this sphere, there are several dots that are projecting themselves onto the outer edge of the sphere. And then in the center, we have like a central ball of what we could say is the sun or a coalescing of these dots. Okay, so let's just imagine that each of these dots then on the outside connects to one of these rays that you see from the inside. Okay, so meaning that each dot would then and that's the only thing that hasn't been done with this particular drawing. Let me annotate it real quick. Actually, I can do it here. Let's just imagine, let me see the right annotation tool I'm looking for. I think I can use, I think there's a line here. No, we don't want to use that. Let's use this one. It's a line tool. Okay. So let's imagine that this line here, oh, it's not doing it again. Give me a second. If I click text one more time, I'm doing this. Okay. That'll work. That's good. So let's just imagine that this line here or this dot here, it connects to here. Okay. Let's put in another one. It's through these simple charts that you will come to understand everything. So let's say this dot, it also connects. And all I'm, all I'm saying here is, is that Every single dot that's on the outer edge, which appears to be individual, actually has a thread or a beam that connects it to the center. Okay, and what I'm getting at here is, is I'm getting at that all of the plants, all the animals, all the insects, including the trees, all the living life forms are functioning in this reality as you see them as if they are separate meaning that you think that they're separate, you think that you're separate, but that's not really the case. You're operating as separate, but you're actually a projection of something that is really central or in the center, which today you can say that that is the sun. Uh, And it's become, you know, we're seeing things upside down and inside out. So just bear with me here. But the sun that you're seeing in the sky is actually the axis mundi. It is the pillar and everything is spiraling around it. But because we don't want to see it that way, and also because inside we are not balanced, we see it as that it's going through the sky and then the sun goes down and then it comes back up again. But what's actually happening is the things that are closest to the sun 
or closest to the soul, including human beings, would actually be following the sun on its journey. And even when the sun went, quote unquote, down here, when the sun went down, you would just go into a state that would be close to the sun yet again. So you would go into the sleep stage and then you would be lucid. But it is the division that we carry on within ourselves. And that's why we say the division is the nemesis. The division that we carry on within ourselves and the division that that we've inherited within this reality that often doesn't allow us to be able to see this higher truth. It also is, is that at the center of each of these balls is where everything is connected. At the center is where this cord, if you may, or beam of light connects every single life form to the center of uh, the soul, which is the sun. Okay, so for you, this center is your navel. Okay, they also call this the nave. It is the center of your consciousness or the center of your being, right? That's also where the dentane is, where you would compress the energy from the crown chakra and the energy from the, uh, the root chakras and below all, and bring them all to the center of self, which actually creates like what you feel like is electricity, but others call it chi because chi is, in this case, the sun, OK, so what this does is this and pay attention here because this gives you a supreme ability because this is supreme knowledge. So even trees, which you see in the center of the tree, right, is where they are threaded to this central soul. So even humans where you see the center of the human, which is the navel, which is seen as the umbilical cord. This is where you see the umbilical cord. The umbilical cord is a cognate of this light beam that connects to the soul. So all beings are actually connected to the soul, even if they're actually experiencing themselves as being separate. Now, what this is also called when you're out here on the rims or you're out here on the outer edges of the spheres is it's actually called wandering. Because you're actually not in the center of yourself. And this is what has been brought us the term called wandering stars. Okay? And now listen to this sound bite real quick here. Our purpose to create a star within a star. So this actually comes from a movie called Sunshine where they're going out into space and they encounter this other being and it's all wild, the movie. But that's a soundbite from the movie because they're really stating the true purpose of the divisive reality is to create a star within a star. Basically to make a person or something feel separate inside of something that is already separate inside of something that is already separate. And that's like a, a continuous falling down the ladder versus that's the fall, if you may, versus the awareness that actually nothing is really separate. And to truly climb the ladder to get away from the fallen aspect of the consciousness, you only need to become aware of how you connect with everything and how even though there's infinite stars within stars within stars, they're all threaded through the center. And so what this means then, and let's see, oh, wow, it worked. Okay, so what this means is, is that if you get to the center of yourself, which is the big reward, if you can do it, then you can communicate with all things, okay? And only those who reach the center of themselves can communicate with all things. So you get people around here and they're like, oh, I want to communicate with animals. Some say they do and they're lying. Some say that they're doing all this incredible stuff and they're lying because the reality is, is that if you're not actually centered within yourself, you can't do any of that because it's only through the center that you can actually accomplish, accomplish what is omniscience and accomplish what is giving you the ability to actually communicate with everything. Why? Because 
it's only when things are centered does real communication happen. This is why you generally can't sometimes speak directly to a tree and get an answer back unless you really focus on centering yourself, which happens through the meditation. It happens in different ways. You can begin to at least temporarily center yourself. Sometimes substances temporarily center the being. But of course, what we're looking for is we're looking for that permanent centering. And what that's going to do is it's going to unlock all of these multiverses and all these different spaces. And I think this may be one of the most important things that I brought up in the conversation today about. Again, for even just listeners who don't have the visual of this, just type in Dyson, D-Y-S-O-N, Swarm, inside of your own computer, and then look at that model, and then see what's in the center, and identify that as the Axis Mundi, and identify that as your sun in the sky, and then see that the sun is in the center, and then, of course, this is so factual that if you look at the sun, and you're centered, and this could be because you took some substance that centered you, it could be that you took a lot of breaths, and that centered you, you'll actually see that all of the stuff is spiraling around including the top of the world, including all the the clouds. So what you see is flat, like a two-dimensional image that you're just seeing is actually a sphere. And things are actually spiraling around the center of that sphere, which is like a wheel. And what they're also saying about this, and this being the collective self, is that this is known as the vehicle. Because when you're seated inside this, because you're actually in one now, and that's what's so paradoxical about the reality, because you got a big one, then you got a small one, and you got it an infinitum, like a fractal. You're actually sitting into in, in this torsion field, if you may, and very similar to how, like, let's say, uh, hydroplaning, um, like your high, like not hydroplane, but like a hydrofoil. That's what they call like a hydrofoil, which is basically that the proportion of the torus. And there was even a, a Dyson swarm that actually was a showed you the connection with this and the torus. Um, but it's basically that here it is right here. And remember, so I'm I'm pulling you facts here. I'm not even pulling. I'm not pulling anything that I'm actually making up. Uh, and I'm because I'm never really making this stuff up. It just comes back to me and just like. Yo, it was that. And because we have so much knowledge and we have so much information, it just becomes about what is really relative to what we're dealing with right now. And so when this kind of stuff comes back up, it's like a big aha moment, especially for me, because this makes sense now. Because remember, we are we have this Taurus field that's being projected around us as human beings that we are sitting inside of a Taurus and the center of us is where our sun or our soul is. And we're threaded through our own soul to all subsequent souls and the central soul. Okay. And however, in this field that is around us and they say, even the planet is configured this way. We don't have to see the, this as uh, just a planet. It is a complete cosmos that we're actually in now that inside of this field, your chakras, which are the planets, if you remember and recall properly, is your, your, your planets are moving around this field. Okay. And this is why it's important to center yourself because just like anything else, if you have, let's say that this central sun is the brightest light, okay? Just as you're seeing here, it's the brightest light. But what happens if you start following this light right here, okay? 
I'm just trying to get my screen out. Let's say this is another light right here. This will give you the, uh, the real truth about what people call extraterrestrials and all that, which I always say have been intraterrestrial, something that is going on inside of us, not external to us, okay? So let's say, for instance, you have one of your organs and that this is one of your organs. Let me blow this up real quick because this is important. I may not even have to answer any questions today by just getting this very clear for everyone. Let me see, because there's so many of these diagrams and they all bear witness to the same thing. They are even talking about that there's artificial ones, which I guess I can tie up the conversation with today about the simulation and how the simulation is designed based on the, the organic Dyson Swarm. We're in the organic Dyson Swarm now, even though people are trying to be, they're trying to convince people that we're in the simulated version. The simulated version is coming and many will be immersed into it and be tricked into being immersed into it. And that will most likely happen because they believe that they're in it already. And that's kind of like the whole Jedi mind trick that was even practiced by many of the Nazis, which is just convincing you that everybody believes the same thing. And then you start believing it. And then now you're subject to the belief versus do you know? And that's what we're talking about here, because when you know you go into these spaces and these spaces show you exactly what they are and they communicate. And then there when you're in the fake ones or you're seeing the fake ones, then you can see the difference between the real and the fake. Just like anybody can really in in an assessment of character, see the difference between somebody who's keeping it real versus somebody who's a faker. Okay, so now look at this and imagine that one of these balls on the outside, which we'll call the wandering stars, which are cognates of the planets and which are cognates of the organs. Let's say there's a big one. Okay, what this would be like for the standard human being would be like that one of their organs is actually more dominant than the other. It's not central. It's not centralized. It's not balanced. It's acting out as a dominant organ. This could be your spleen. This could be your liver. This could be your heart. This could be your kidney. Any of the organs that are trying to convince you that they are the only ones and this is the only way to do things. This is organ or planetary like behavior. But truly, there is a central aspect or a central sun to the consciousness. So let's say then now that one of the bigger stars or the bigger lights that you start to become guided by that light rather than the center. This is what happened with many people with the whole God concept. This is what happened to many people with the guru even concept of bowing down to the gurus. Anything external, those are all the wandering forces. And true enough, some of them are big, some of them are intelligent, and because they're all just partially parts of the complete totality, right? So many have wandered after these false stars, if you may, okay? And what this is like is, let's then imagine that you're a moth, right? And it's nighttime, and I turn on the light. When I turn on that light as a moth, you're going to think that that's the sun. So you're going to go and fly towards that LED light. But that is not really the sun. That is not really the center. You've just been convinced that that is because it's giving off this light that looks like the center. They say Venus even had done this. That's why they call uh, Venus Phosphorus or the false light, uh, the morning star. And again, this is not saying something negative about it. It's showing you where these terms come from because Venus as a star was so bright that many wandered after that star only and lost the central aspect of themselves. This is why Venus or uh, became a cognate also for either Mary or Jesus. 
okay? As people wandering off, sometimes even the Lucifer concepts, wandering off, instead of just getting the knowledge, getting the awareness, realizing this is a family member, they have knowledge to give, wandering off and just saying, oh, that's the only thing, or this is what we all should follow. And then what that creates is it creates the being moving away from the center of themselves. Then they begin to wander, which it talks about in the Nag Hammadi text. It has one book that you clearly can tell was written by the Mashiach because there's a certain way that those who have achieved that crystal consciousness speak. And he's referring to the future and saying that what will happen is many will begin to wander after these false stars. So you can see what happens even within Hollywood because all of us have this configuration of a Dyson swarm and all of us function individually as planets that when you get someone that is uh, being um, basically that they're gassing them up with light and then they're displaying them to you this could then lead you astray and that is exactly what we were talking about before about some of the magic in Hollywood and even within marketing and even within this this whole sphere that we're in where so much energy is placed within something that is not the center of who we are, it leads us astray. And that's what these terms mean. No more, no less. Don't harp on it too too deeply, uh, but don't think of it lightly. Come into balance with the knowledge and the information and bring all these terms into balance. So I trust that that you know, makes sense. Uh, but again, you will be able to also use this as a, a, a model yourself for exactly how the reality is configured. So let me look in here. It looks like we're still connected. Looks like things are still happening. Jesus, chat is wow right now. Let me just get out of there. Okay. So let's keep going. So what we were talking about then is the question was, what's going to come up in 2020? Now, 2020 is that point, as we talked about, it is the singularity point. So this is the point where people start to become aware of this knowledge, just like you're becoming aware of it right now. And then they make choices based on how they feel like they can deal with this knowledge. Some decide to go and wander after the false stars, feeling like they can actually connect with the center of themselves. Uh, others actually experience the reality in which that they projected. They actually have been able to, to, to coil us their energy so well and to realize exactly what they want to happen. As we're getting closer to this energy and this clear, this clarity within self, the manifestations pick up. So you can also manifest a disaster for yourself with the same energy. So that's what you're looking at in 2020 is yourself. You're seeing clearly, and just like what we saw in this Sagittarian new moon, if you're polarized, you are going to see this opposite pole to what you thought was going on. If you're in the center already, things are going to get more and more balanced and more and more clear. So that's your answer. This next question is, have you looked into 5G? Based on my research for the past couple of years, it seems that this is a weapon system that is being deployed throughout the world. Can you speak on this? For sure, I can speak on 5G. Uh, I believe that anything that is powerful can be used as a weapon. I, for, I also know that any time that you're cranking up the frequencies, you can basically roast things around you. So the frequency spectrum of 5G is for sure um, something to be concerned about, especially when it comes to the grid going on around you. And, and, and I, and I got to take this in a step-by-step process because 
The physical ramifications, like it, will it make you sick, would be one thing because that has to do with your resilience. Like some folks can eat Cheetos, Doritos, hot sauce, and all sorts of stuff and not feel anything. So it would be the same thing for those kind of people with the whole 5G thing. They may not feel actually any effects of what's going on with it versus someone who is really in tune with their body and actually in tune with subtle fields. They will actually even see, like I used to see, I used to see when I was around a lot of internet in the city, I could see the grid. Like even when I woke up in the morning, I could see the grid. But now that I'm out in nature, I don't really see it. And it's because we cover up the Wi-Fi with a, um, well, it's not a bunch of Wi-Fis going on anyway. It's just mine. And then when I'm not using it, I do my best to cover it up. But it's not as strong as what would be going on in the city with all these Wi-Fis and satellites and radio stations and all this stuff all using the grid. And because all those frequencies are coursing down those lines of the grid, visually it's easier to see, especially when you're waking up and your eyes are just adjusting, you can actually see the grid. And that grid is the technological field that we have built uh, based on these internet connections and all these different things. When you go into nature, the grid at that one specifically is gone. You're dealing with more of an organic grid then. Okay. So what 5G is going to do and is doing now is it is not only opening up the wavelength. Okay. And now since the human body is on a wavelength specifically, and actually the entire spectrum, the human body has a correspondence to each of those spectrums. 5G actually allows the ability of interfacing into more of those spectrums. And so we talked about before in the past about how sometimes you can wake up early in the morning and then this song is in your mind and you can't seem to get rid of this song and you weren't even really thinking about the song. And we were able to sync and decode that that was because more than likely that song was being spun on a major radio station that the station number or the frequency or the bandwidth that the station is using is it's actually right around that same channel of where your mind is as far as uh, what you're receiving through your receptor, especially within the third ear. And then now because you've picked that up, even though it's on a more subtle channel, you now start thinking it's one of your ideas and you start singing the song. OK, so we already were able to sync that. And so with 5G, you can imagine that this kind of goes to HD. At that level, meaning that even what you think are your thoughts and what you think you feel could be directly a part of what is being broadcasted across that field. Now, I don't want people to go into some kind of fear factor because this has already been happening. It happens through the cathode ray tubes and the TV, and it just comes down to exactly how firm you are on your foundation and how strong your mind is. And we talked about this in ambassador training, but it, again, it, people who are weak minded and people don't know who don't know who they are and people who are confused all the time. Those are the people that are easily able to take suggestions from things that are floating around that they think are a part of their consciousness versus people who are, are very solid within their space are planted in this present and are truly awake it definitely happens less, if at all, for them where they're confusing their thoughts with things that are going on around them. And so we discussed about why it's so important to know yourself, to know your uniqueness, and we discussed techniques on how to do that. 
And again, so if you're into all this stuff, definitely jump into ambassador training because that's where the deep dive goes on. It's impossible for us to deep dive in such uh, uh, um, and at this frequency, meaning one time a week, but we do our best. So I try to get as much of the information out to you as I can. So again, so this is what we're talking about with 5G and this all rolls into the singularity. It all rolls into ray tracing. If you don't know what ray tracing is, ray tracing is basically a way to render um, what you would see as perfect resolutions in a fraction of the time that it would normally take to render that same resolution. So if you know anything about, let's say, graphics, design, uh, video production, etc., there's this process that's called rendering. Even in game design and programming, there's this process that's called rendering. And all it means is, is how long it takes for the code to be read so that so that whatever is in the code can be displayed to you. And this has kind of been the hang up of many of the different games and, and platforms and even the apps and things that we have uh, because of the technology that we're using. It could not formulate what the code is saying fast enough. So you would get this kind of delay. And this delay would literally, just like any reverb from a device or whatever, it would let you know that, hey, you're, you're kind of dealing with something that is artificial or fake or programmed. But the more that that delay is re reduced, it's also called latency. This is like if, let's say, you're wearing a VR helmet uh, or virtual reality helmet and all, or, or audio device or whatever, and there's latency in there, you could turn your head like this, and then there'll be a time before the whole thing shifts, right? And when they can decrease that latency, which they've been working on and been doing now, even with some of the new devices, it actually makes things feel more real. So when you reach your hand out, the less latency there is, the more you start feeling like you're really there. And this is also why 5G uh, is so instrumental for these kind of technologies is because you also need a fat bandwidth, meaning a lot of, uh, of uh, just direct internet connection, if you may, to transfer this data so fast that those that are using it experience what they are trying to experience within an instant. Now, of course, now this is like trying to be sold as ways to watch videos faster and stuff like that. But obviously, the, we're watching videos fast enough. This is really about creating technologies that are not only communicating with each other in real time, but are also even projecting in real time. And uh, this is a big part of the unfolding of what goes on in 2020 as the technology keeps petaflopping or going in itself in its own way quantum as people dive more into the simulation as the book is simulation and simulacra that neo uh, was holding that he put the key or the code in and the simulation is basically an alternative reality that is fake so once again i'll speak to that idea of soulless beings the soulless beings are the simulations inside of the false realities that are going to be created to immerse people in like virtual reality. But this is why they want to bring this concept now that there's soulless beings here because there's a constant concept that they keep trying to sell that this is a simulation and this is false. That is to get you to forfeit your real reality to pass it off as if it's fake. So that way you think that it's expendable and that you could, you know, going to get another one. And then also it becomes very entertaining for you to submerge yourself deeper into a simulation that is they're working around the clock on creating, meaning that this simulation is no different 
And I just want to make this all very clear. I don't want to give you any of this hocus pocus alien across the universe kind of shit, excuse my language, that we've been dealing with from many of these spiritual teachers that don't are, are just confused about all of this. And they don't know whether to make heads or tails of it because they're listening to all this different information, but they're not going through the actual experiences. So I'll just make it very clear for you. Or they just don't have a grip on VR and technology, AR, augmented reality, and all that kind of stuff. Because after all, who's studying metaphysics and also studying that to see what the connections are? That's what I get into, though. I have to let everything become balanced by showing it's as above, so below nature with things. So let's just talk very briefly about the simulated reality. So right now, around the clock, what is being worked on is a way to immerse you. This is what they call total immersion. To immerse you into another reality like a sim or a simulator. That's what the sims was about, a simulation. To where you create another life there, also called half-life, the fallout of radiation. Another life there, and you start living there the way that you feel like that your life should be because in the real world, if you may, which is they're trying to convince you is a simulation in the real world. You don't have the resources, the wherewithal, the technical talent and whatever else they want to hang over your head uh, to be able to stack up to getting the things that you want in this reality. Not to mention the things that you should really want in this reality are sometimes dictated to you and your uniqueness is not seen as the most valuable thing. So it also feels like you're lacking something when truly your uniqueness is the most valuable thing. It's rare. It's even what these factions that I'm speaking of are trying to expunge from you, from your conversations and from your posts and all that, because all of us have it. We have different fingerprint. Somebody even mentioned a birthmark in the in their in their questions. We have sometimes birthmarks. All the birthmarks are different. So we have this part of us that's so rare that it's even more rare than gold. It's more rare than anything else. And because the planet bases its currencies and bases its commodities on rarity, Meaning gold wouldn't be expensive if we had more of it. Diamonds wouldn't be expensive if they didn't make them seem like they were so rare, which they actually are not. So the most rarest thing within the entire cosmos is each individual's uniqueness. And the only thing that some of the people that are in this reality, if you want to call them malevolent, are trying to do is convince you that that is not worth anything, that you don't have any worth. Okay, and then what this then leads to is you wandering outside to try to find something that can authenticate worth for you. Okay, and and that you're important. And I just want to slow down on this because, shit, I got infinity, so I don't need to spend the speed up on this. It's important that you understand how this whole thing is going to roll out. So you even see it now. This is why you have so many of the youth playing games. Okay. And this is like, we have a massive chunk of the population. It could be possibly 60 to 70% of our youth playing games. And now why some of these games would help with uh, what you call uh, brain, mind, cognizance, and all these kind of things. The greater chunk of them is actually like Witcher and all these kind of games and Vice City are immersing them into worlds that don't teach them anything and are not actually trying to get them to become better people or any of that, but there's large concentrations. If you go on Twitch right now, Twitch TV, and you see the numbers, you got 75,000 people watching a live stream. Right now, we got about, what, 500? 
That is a far cry to 75,000. So if you imagine that 75,000 people are viewing one thing and only 500 people are viewing another, which one do you think is going to be more of a part of the future unless somebody embeds a quantum solution that shifts those numbers at least to make them balance? So while you may think that everybody is thinking like you, wants this better future where we're all integrated more with nature and learning more about ourselves organically and unlocking our physical abilities, where really are physical, mental, spiritual abilities, where really the reality is because those are our children that are still looking to get some assistance and look for looking for something for us to create that'll be entertaining for them enough, but also a conduit to where they can get out of what they're involved in and get into something else that's equally, again, as entertaining. So what's happening again with those children is, is that that's the majority and conscious people, quote unquote, conscious people, conscious community are sitting back here still thinking that the idea of going into a greater level of self is the majority. But that's not the case. Our children make up the majority. And what they're saying right now, based on their actions and based on the the energies that they're uh, being surrounded by all the time within the games and the TV and all this kind of stuff is that they want more of a simulation. They want things that they can get immediately. They want immediate gratification. They want upgrades. And so this is why, you know, as the future keeps going in this direction, it will head there. We just got to understand what percentage of the reality is going to go in that direction. Is it going to be more because there was no quantum solutions embedded by the metaphysical societies to actually assist on this area? Or is it going to be less people because people couldn't get it together fast enough and realize what was really at stake here? But it's still going to go on is what I'm saying. And what is it? A simulation that is created where a person can immerse themselves, whether it's VR or even something else that is has less latency, they get into this reality, the reality is ray traced, and I, unique identities, which is basically you cloned as a code, even Seven Bomar, even Pamela Anderson, even Giselle Bunchkin, whatever you're, you can think of, there will be a clone of in the simulation. And they will even act very similar to those people because it's their data that is being used to form the simulation. But remember, not everyone can be with Seven Bomar. Not everyone can be with Pamela Anderson. So the simulation is going to appeal to so many people because they're going to get a chance to be with Pamela Anderson and maybe even engage in even sexual things with this ray traced character that they've been fawning over for their entire lives. Okay. So do you see how, and we're, we're on the, we're, we're not on the brink of this. This technology is already deployed. Neuralink is like this on steroids, even to get people into a ray traced reality and actually begin to project images to them that actually look so real. And when they reach out their hands and touch, this is why on Kickstarter you find some of the biggest Kickstarter projects right now are these suits where even when, let's say, if you're playing a killing game and you get shot, you feel the impact. Boom, 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 boom. You know, why would you want something like that? But it's not just you that is in consideration here. It's actually this massive group of upcoming, like they say, the the biggest demographic that you have emerging is the 26-year-old Chinese male, right? And then right next to that, you have the Indian 
And then because these are larger populations. So while you're sitting in your secularism sometimes and not seeing the world, you don't realize that it's actually up to billions of people within only a certain age range that like a certain kind of thing. Anime, you know, just naked cartoon, naked pictures of girls like you could never push one of these things off on us when we were younger. Now it's like they're finding some kind of attraction within the tune. okay, and the frequencies. Right. And this is what we're looking at. This is like something that as a singularity is we're going to have to confront. So it's better to start becoming aware of this now rather than for it to happen. And then for us to be like, like, let's say our grandparents. Why are they doing that? They didn't lost their mind. And each generation we look at the next generation. Why are they doing that? They didn't lost their mind. Not realizing that this is a reoccurring scenario where one of the generations just needs to sober up and say, this is exactly what we're going to be dealing with. And this is what we we're going to create that is going to, to cut that off at the pass. And also thinking about what is their minds like? What are they trying to enjoy? What are they really looking for in this? What happened to them? Who sold that to them like that? So all those components must be considered. That's what's called quantum. You need to consider several things before you start deploying the real answer to it. So again, simulation is on the, on the horizon and there are more people than you think that want to be a part of a simulated reality versus their own real world. They sit in the room all day. The lights are low. They don't exercise. They don't have a significant other, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, a physical one. They're dating people online. They have uh, uh, a friends that they hang out with online. And then that is, again, the slippery slope into when they deploy the simulation and the technology like Ready Player One, where a person can just jump in there. The next thing is obviously jobs in VR. This is, they're on the brink of that. The things that I'm actually even talking about, even companies may be sitting back there like, geez, George, we, we need to get caught up. We didn't even think about that. You know, it's just like the gift and the curse to having this level of knowledge of where you can see the future. Jobs in VR. This is because most people shop online already. But as the virtual reality systems become more cheap, but most importantly, because there's a bandwidth and a tech, there's right now a bandwidth and technical issue that they're putting out there. It doesn't really exist, but they're saying, well, you got to have a fast running computer and we need devices that you wear on your head that move faster. Right. That's just all about them deploying that technology. When that technology is deployed, more people are now into these simulated worlds, even through the PlayStation has a VR headset. So then when they get in there now, when you go into Nike You can go to Nike with 50 of your friends all after a podcast and then you can see their avatars or characters. This is why Facebook has gotten into this. Facebook is owns Oculus. So they have an idea of putting your virtual character into virtual reality so that you can shop. And then you will have a virtual attendant, a girl of some sort or a guy that they're made up simulated character. They got abs. They got the new clothes on, but they don't got to buy any of this stuff except for a, for a fraction of what it would cost in the real world. And that's how the simulation becomes appealing. And inside of that simulation, people start forgetting about who they were and what goes on out in the external reality. And this becomes very similar to how even fake news and things like that work. It becomes like pay attention to this 
and, you know, learn so much about this and, and be a part of this. And then the real thing that you should be paying attention to, the real thing that you should be learning about, which is yourself, it starts to become obsolete or obscure. And that's what we're talking about here that is coming and is already here. And that's what we're also preparing for, for better or worse, whether we could do something about this, which we're always trying to deploy technologies ourselves, because technology only means anything external to you. We're trying to deploy things that actually had this off at the past. But I'm one voice. I'm over here with an average of about 2,000 views per conversation I'm sitting at about 100,000 subscribers after 10 years and about $70,000 to deploy something that already cost me $180,000 more or less. So when we're talking about, well, how do we get things done? It's almost like also in this, you see how in these corporations, they got headhunters. They literally go and find the people that they feel like are capable of doing the job that they need to get done. The conscious community is like, we got to wake up to the reality that if we can actually trust someone and they have a track record for actually being able to accomplish something, then we should actually give them the resources then that is necessary to deploy the things that we feel like are a part of our collective ideals of what we want to see in the future. But we're, we're getting to that right now. We haven't actually got there yet. But as a living human being, a real creation within this platform itself called earth me myself i'm experiencing all this in real time just like you so it really becomes like just becoming aware of things seeing what's going on around me and then instead of like going into some stage of depression which some of the stuff could be a bit depressing doing the best that i can to deploy solutions right now based on what i can what i have at my disposal and then doing my best trying to teach myself as many skills as i can because remember, I'm not coming from like this graduate degrees and, 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 and all this physics and all this kind of stuff, which is probably the benefit for me at this stage because I'd probably be compartmentalized. But anything that I need to learn, even if it's marketing or even if it's things that are going to change with technology, I have to go every single day and learn this stuff. Then I have to actually come back here and not just explain to you, but also to be a real solution because I, I don't like just talking about stuff. I got to then go and deploy the technology. So I got to go and link with developers. I got to go doing all, all of that stuff. And so this is really what I'm inviting everyone to jump in on, like at least assist us with a contribution or something that will allow this to become a reality faster. It's going to become a reality, but it's just like building a house. The more people you have building it, the faster it gets built. But again, if it's just a couple people or a few people in a group, then it's a lot slower. So if you know someone out there and that they've always expressed that they have a desire to and a mission to actually head off at the past, the destruction of, of, of our integrity and of our, our true culture, our true petri dish, what you were even given, what you grew up with that made you who you are. If you have an interest in preserving that and preserving our you, get the message out to them. There's 10 years of this. So if it was something that I wanted to go do and deviate from the plan, I had done that stuff a long time ago. I probably did it before I got started, especially since there's not actually that much recognition and that many people that are being, let's say, quote unquote, influenced by what I'm doing here anyway. So that's what I'm just saying. You know, it's maybe one of my rants, but it's just about, hey, you know, I see all this happening and it's like almost like maybe we're like asleep at the wheel sometime because it's like we can do so much. You can learn so many things. Do you know, like the library, right, got replaced by the Internet?
But anytime even you're playing one of these games, like the role-playing games where there's a simulation of a city and you're building a city, when you add a library, it increases the intelligence and the development of everybody that's inside of that city, right? So when you walk into a library in the past, and that's why it's things that we even have now that we're taking it for granted, you got all these books and all this knowledge. Now, of course, the right knowledge is the most applicable, but it's available for you. Versus... Three, four hundred years ago, trying to get into a library where there were massive amount of knowledge was impossible to develop your skills in that way. And so now we have that and we just complain about something else. So we have to get into a reality of, of awareness where we realize that we're being encouraged to actually complain about things instead of doing something about them. And so let me just finish off here today. Um, and yeah, I just kind of got a little bit into it as far as, you know, just seeing the future, seeing what's happening, seeing the chumps that are pulling this off. Like, I'm not going to name any names today, uh, you know, just because uh, I just don't want the extra flux. But I'm watching factions actually develop these technologies and sell off their their bullshit to everybody. And you can see even by the people that they're around that they have no interest in actually helping humanity. They have interest only in being worshipped. They're always reintroducing technologies that we've even discovered in the past or long ago as if it's brand new and as if it's theirs. And then there's a consistent betrayal all the time that's happening with humanity that anybody that gets enough uh, wherewithal, enough capital or whatever to start doing something about the situation that we're dealing with, they just go and join the side of the people that are perpetrating the the issue just to have their own light and to shine uh, for this momentary period where we can all be shining together. So... I'm going to keep answering questions here. <laughs> so I say, let it all out. <laughs> Just let it out. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's good to get it all out now, you know. And uh, yeah, so and again, I also believe personally that there's a collective future. As we talked about last show, there's a collective part of what goes on in the reality that we all share. And then there's a personal aspect to things and what you've done in your own personal body. And then that's where you have to live. And so personally, I'm good. Like I live a day of paradise every single day. Like the energy that's around me is harmonic. It's balanced. It's on point. I'm always learning things. I'm able to accept the ideas of getting rid of judgment and all that. So things are going great for me is what I'm saying. But it's not all about me all the damn time. That's where I'm at. That's why I'm here for 10 years. It ain't, I'm good. Like I, This is my head I'm talking from. This is my brain I'm speaking from. This is my soul that I'm projecting through. This is my lungs that I'm breathing this air in, and everything is going splendid. But my concern is for my sisters and my brothers, my aunties and my uncles, my children, all of the things that are we're supposed to accept as being a part of us in the totality, that's where my concern comes in. And that's when my frequency shifts into the proactive aspects of changing things and getting things done and seeing what is it that we can do about the situation. So I'll conclude it that way because it's important to remain harm in, in, in balance. And I feel like me personally, that is balance because I do have this side that is pristine and perfect. And that oftentimes needs to be balanced by the reality of what's going on out here with everyone. So that way I don't fall asleep and come into imagining that the goal has already been completed. Not to mention, as I've already spoke about, is that I feel like many of us have been inserted into this space and time because it's kind of ironic that we would arrive on Earth right at this period. 
right when the shifts are really taking place. And the only real reason why something like that would happen, especially with you being at this stage of awareness, is because you're going to do something about this, that you're going to steer this into an area of balance rather than one of these polarizations. So I'm going to just answer a couple more questions here, and then we're going to adjourn for the day and let it breathe. Um, we talked again about 5G just now and the reality of the future and what a lot of this technology is being used for. We talked about ray tracing and basically bringing things out that are, look so real and feel so real, suits that make you feel what's being done and just an overall idea of people or a reality of people really preferring a simulation or an illusion versus their real life because of the conditions that we've created in this world at times, Okay. So the, another question here is, does the Kundalini and speaking in tongues have any associations? Thank you. And uh, there is an association between Kundalini and speaking in tongues. Now, real speaking in tongues, not the fake one, not the Shandala, <laughs> but the real speaking in tongues is actually directly connected to when Kundalini is activated. It actually speaks what I feel like is four stages deeper into the consciousness. So things that Kundalini is revealing is not at the surface level of the thoughts. Likewise, the language that it speaks at times seems a bit foreign because actually Kundalini as itself is being an energy. Some liken it unto a serpent. Some liken it unto some of the more, more ancestral energies. They speak a different language and it is a part of you. So when you wake it up, it's trying to communicate to you in this language and even communicate to other things that are around you that also speak this language. This doesn't always happen also in tongues, meaning actually a verbal thing coming out of the mouth. It happens with the hands too. Some have noticed when they've gone into certain stages or states that their hands like mudras will move into these different positions because they're all ways of these energies communicating not only with the field that's around, because as I said, Everything can be put into this field right here, or it could be spread across the world. I guess that's what you would say is a morphogenic fabric. So because of that, there's a way to communicate and unlock and open up things through these tones and vibrations, many of which are ancient. And that's what happens at times when Kundalini is activated or let's say this mantra hallelujah which is the the uh what is known as sophia is activated this is what oftentimes it brings because sophia was always seen as more of a serpentine kind of force an ancient force that pervades throughout the planet that knows everything about what has happened here and some of the things about what will happen in using the algorithm so many started to go to these oracles if you may that were able to prophesy speak tongues or let them know about things that were going to occur or had occurred already. And that's what that, where that all comes from. Last question here is what are the methods of setting intentions to focus on a goal and achieving a goal and achieving a goal? Do I recommend I practice Qigong, Montauk Chia, microcosmic orbits, etc. And how should I focus the power? Meaning do you make sigils, write down goals, visualize, speak what you want into existence, or just focus on gathering energy and not do any of these things, okay? I want us to start seeing, and this is the final question that I'm going to answer here today, and then we're going to do our giveaway. I want us to start seeing that every part of when we're creating or developing something is all a part of the metaphysical aspects of how we're approaching these creations and developments. So 
when I'm doing something, there's several components involved in what I'm doing. So let's just take even presenting today's show. So obviously, I've been meditating throughout the week, even when I'm asleep, or even when I choose consciously to go into a meditation, and things will come to me from, let's see, the the aether that I feel like that we should possibly discuss. So instead of counting on my memory all the time to remember that, which I found is not a good thing to do, especially when there's tons of thoughts and ideas that are going to continuously come out before finally that show, I write it down, okay? Now, when I'm writing something down or even typing it, I'm creating a sigil because I'm using a language and I'm also observing that time and that moment to coalesce that energy from that thought into something static. Okay, which is a sigil. A sigil is, just for those that are not aware what sigils are, they're symbols. Also, talismans, they're symbols or, 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 or um, inscriptions that bear marks of what it is that you're looking to manifest. Okay, but that's not it. Because that's just, let's say, the code. Now you got to know the sequence of the code. So generally, there is a specific time that things should be Conscribed, And that has a lot to do with what we know with planetary energies. There's a time and place to do different things. And then most importantly, there is the intention. This is the greatest part of the sigil. You could be writing scribble scrabble, but if your intentions are strong, then what you're doing is you're consecrating that time and that space into something static. And the power of this sigil or this talisman is that once you do that, even if you pull it out three months from now, it still has the same power in which you use to consecrate it in. So there's a big part of consecration that uh, comes into play here. So what I'm saying is, is that my standard actions for even creating uh, what I'm going to speak about with the show today has every single component of what is being meant he- mentioned here about methods of creating manifestations by setting the intentions properly. It's just we're putting it sometimes under the guise of just being only metaphysical actions, but when we start seeing all of our actions as being a part of those metaphysical actions, then you will say, well, I'm doing that anyway. So I'm setting the intentions. I'm focusing on the intention. I know I got this show coming up in a week. I'm going to be meditating or I may be in the shower. I may be in the bath. I may be relaxed somewhere. Then a thought will come to me, a very powerful thought about what should be discussed. So I'll write it down. When I write it down, I've now consecrated that into a sigil. You're calling it language. I may even use short script. I may even write it down physically. Now I've set that intention into play. And then as I'm breathing, because I'm always breathing, I'm breathing more life into that because it will remain Part of my focus, especially as I get closer and closer to that day to actually bring forth this manifestation of having this show where I'm bringing out these intentions. Okay, so if you can look at everything that you're doing in life as also containing these same procedures that are sometimes guys under just metaphysical actions, you would actually see that you're already doing what is necessary to manifest those intentions. You just need to realize that. 
in every aspect of things. Just see it as it really is and, and remove, you know, any kind of titles or any kind of suggestions and things off from around it that uh, are hinting that it's not exactly what you're doing. Meaning that when you're writing stuff or even typing things, you may think that that's just something I'm writing and typing, but no, you're creating a sigil at that point and you're consecrating the energy into that space. So that's what I have today. It's 1116. I'm not sure exactly how long we've been on. It seems like quite a bit of a journey. Um, let me look at our, our chat here. And uh, wow, so there's 900 people on the line. It says that we actually started this 109 minutes ago. So that means it's only been an hour and a half, which is great. Um, questions are continuously pouring in. They will be addressed. Uh, but right now, meaning they will be addressed in the future. Um, but why I'm still going... Today, I'm going to do our giveaway. I was actually just reading a question real quick, and we're going to keep going with this. I'm also going to upload this week. I've made a commitment to it, this game that you can play with your children. Uh, since, uh, you know, that, that question that uh, someone asked me about three shows ago about children has stuck with me ever since. They were like, what can we do right now to uh, assist in educating our children properly? And in fact, you know what? Since I've spent so much time dealing with the adults, I'm just going to answer one question that I also had in my queue that wasn't next about the children. And the reason is... You put a lot of faith in these kids. I put all my faith in them. Put all the faith in the kids. At this stage, especially since the adults are still like trying to figure it out for themselves, often confused, going back and forth. The reality still is, is that if we don't get to the kids at some point, then we're just going to be dealing with a future that is not going to be one that we're going to be wanting to deal with because we're going to be living through our children. And also when I'm looking for motivation, instead of me becoming anything that I want to become or uh, uh, even my, my own child becoming what I want them to become, I start thinking about their children. My children's children is where I'm focusing now my consciousness on in order to bring quantum solutions that will be able to assist them. So stretching down two to three generations and making that level of impact. So one, I just wanted to say that I am doing a tutorial it shouldn't take me that long about an amazing thing that you can do with your children. I got some background noise coming in here. Let me see where that is. All right. Amazing, amazing thing that you can do with your children, especially the younger children, uh, to let them see exactly what is going on in the spiritual side of the world and to get them in tune with that so that way that becomes a part of how their uh, their framework of their consciousness is put together so that they actually start to see that, yeah, there are things that are living in nature and they're there. And it also it becomes a very fun exercise for them to go out and to come back and actually create some of these images where they start showing you what was out there and what they found. So uh, that's what I'll give the details on that. And then finally, there was an actual question here that, this question was that I have a 14-year-old son that was raised in the Christian church. Give me a second. I need to, to stop this notification, and it keeps coming through. Let me just turn this off completely. Give me a second. And let me turn this up. It's just because the way this system is configured, when there's a noise on the system, there's also a noise that everybody else is going to hear. So I just want to make sure that you're not getting too much feedback, messing up my audio. Okay, so I'll keep going with it. So this question is again about the 14-year-old that was raised in the Christian church. And 
obviously they're now trying to un- indoctrinate this child and they're asking for any suggestions for literature or tips in helping this child understand the truth. Okay. And this one is actually not as complicated as you would think, especially since the child is already 14 years old. And what you want to do is, is instead of going in trying to explain to a child that's 14, all of the massive dynamics to, you know, the, the Christ myth, et cetera, as far as the external one, what you really want to do is you actually want to bring the knowledge so that it's actually harmonic with what they already believe, except for certain things, mainly the idea of an external God. So you can point out scriptures like when Jesus mentions himself or itself or whatever, (laughs) however you want to put it, where Jesus mentions basically that there will be one that comes after when he's gone, that will have the same name as him and even say some of the things that he said, but he's not going to be the real one in that no longer will a person have to look externally for the Jesus, if you may, but they will find it in their heart. Okay. So this is a good place to start. It's in the new Testament. I'm not going to take the time to pull the scripture. If you already know the scriptures, you can also hit Google, but it's basically when Jesus is referring and basically saying directly that this fake Jesus that's going to come, that's going to be all on the pictures. That's not going to look anything like what was described that I'm supposed to look like. And it's actually going to be talking more about this external side of things and even concluding prayers in my name, which is impossible for me to even do while I was alive. It would sound so conceited to to conclude prayers in my name that that's going to be happening, but to not wander after that, to find me within. Okay. And then when you lead them to that aspect of themselves within, then you can start turning them on to pictures like the superior brachium, where you're literally seeing Jesus on the cross of the mind. So that way they can start coming into a, a, a revelation if they may, or if you may, that this Christ is really within. Okay. And then you Continue there with the metaphysical aspects of what we've learned about the skull in Golgotha and about the crystalline side of the consciousness that you're trying to reach. And many of the metaphors that are actually used within the Bible, but then are taken externally. So what I'm saying is, is that you can utilize the same scriptures and turn those scriptures within by first getting the child to realize that this is the next stage of the awareness of what this Christianity was really teaching, right? So that's what you want to do. That's the advice that I'm actually giving you. There's so many different correspondences. I'm definitely not going to spend time in going all over all of them now. I'm pretty sure if you've asked this question, you know about many of those correspondences already between the external Jesus Christ, if you may, versus the internal Christ-like consciousness and start pointing it out that way. So that way the child is able to make a smooth transition from the external to the internal without them being damaged with trying to make a choice between something that you're trying to explain to them that may be confusing to them versus what seems like a gradual progression from what they already believe. So that's what I have for that today. I'm going to go ahead and start this. So today, let me open up... um, Nightbot, which is responsible for doing the giveaway. And if you want to be a part of today's giveaway, all you have to do is say something inside the background. We actually have quite a few, uh, excuse me, say something inside the chat box. We have quite a few things that we're going to be giving away today. Uh, Let me do something very quickly here and get my screen up. Also, this morning, I kind of ran into a slew of technical issues, and that just kind of had me in this 
certain vibration today, this morning. I do my best, but I can definitely say that, you know, I kind of dealt with the flux just a little bit before jumping in here. It's just one of those days, um, but I'm still going to show up nonetheless. And I feel like there was still something uh, that was bought for from today's conversation uh, and today's build that would be an assistance to others. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention that there's been a lot going on uh, just on my end with all the responsibilities of making sure that we're able to take this thing into the next stage. So, oops. There are unknown so forces that, that don't. Okay, so, yeah, I think that stops. Okay, so what we have here first, and uh, this is just to show what we're going to be giving away today. And also, if you didn't happen to win today and you still wanted to acquire what was presented, you can do so here. So one of the first thing that we're going to actually give away is we're going to give away... Um, Three copies of Golden Intonation, okay? And this actually may start playing when I open this window. So let me actually pause this here. Okay, good. It didn't start playing. And the Golden Intonation is actually the frequency that you hear me play before the show. And some people have likened it unto that THX sound that everybody likes so much. And you know, the THX, right? And it's because that sound is actually some uh, octaves themselves, some of the overtones and some of the octaves. But what we've done and our frequency experts is actually collaborated uh, what you would say is whole number ratios, perfect whole number ratios all into one resonant projection which is what you hear when I start the show and I use that for meditation the reason why I use it uh so much is because I actually been on journeys with it so I see what it projects and that allows me to really understand what I'm listening to because these days I don't even just jump on some of these frequencies that are on YouTube because you'd be surprised what's embedded in some of those tracks um but when I go on journeys and I use certain tracks, I'm able to actually see what's inside of those tracks. And when this was configured, I was able to go on a journey with this track. And it was just amazing. It just kept opening up the space more and more and balancing out the space. And so I give the details of how this was configured, the frequencies that are actually being used. I give the description and this is actually available in the store now. It's only $3.99. It's about a 14-minute track. We also have it in FLAC, so it's lossless. And then also MP3, so you can throw it into your favorite player. And then at times where you just want to dial in and get that perfect ratio going on within your body and that perfect intonation, you can do so here. So this is going to be our first giveaway today. We're actually going to give away three of these. So let me start that process. All right, so now we're in Nightbot. We have what it says here, 206 people eligible for today's drawing. And again, if you do want to be a part of today's giveaway, all you need to do is just type something in the chat now. I'll give a few moments. Take a quick breath. Also, what I got to do is I actually have to start to... Um, some of these topics that I speak on, like when I just talked about the simulation... I really actually need to do an entire presentation on just the simulation. And I really like those kind of topics because not only do I have a lot of information on it, I also have clear proofs. And on top of that, I can, I feel like personally, because this is something that we're going to experience very soon and are already experiencing a little bit now, it really prepares people in the proper way to deal with things and know where it's coming from. And then they just get endless ahas after that because it's not like 
when someone comes after that trying to use that lie that we um, disclose that it works on people who are already aware of what's going on. So that's one of the predominant reasons why we do these kind of things is we want to bring that information and put that information out there so that people don't get fooled by many of these <laughs> false wandering planets basically running around and masquerading as if they are the central light when they are not. Uh, and all they have to do is point everyone within. So we're going to go ahead and go with it. That should be enough time for everybody to get registered. So today... We're going to hit this the first time. And where's my button? There it is. Roll it. Oh, also, how you redeem the gift that you've been given today, if you are able to win the giveaway, uh, is that you would actually um, go to the website, go to the bottom right corner of the site, and say, I'm this person. Uh, I won this, which we actually do a screen capture, and uh, give us your information uh, if it's something digital, like this is a digital item with as far as that it's just a tone vibration frequency, so we don't need your physical address, but we will give away something physical today. We're going to give away a bottle of Regeneration Salve. So with that, you'll need to give us your physical address. So let's go ahead and get it started. So I'm rolling it now. User is active within the past five minutes. Ah, so that is exactly how it works. Okay, so that, that's why I say that you got to type in something now. And I think it's better for us to keep it like that. Uh, but you got to type in something now, and that's how you'll be eligible for the win. And it helps also because then it's people that are actually in the conversation, so they'll even know they won versus that if it's somebody that's not here, they're not even going to know they got uh, elected for the giveaway. So past five minutes, and we're going to start this now. Boom. So the first winner today is actually Justin Richardson. We are giving you the golden intonation. Congratulations. Thank you so much for participating. And yeah, it's amazing to always to give out some of these gifts. One second, let me see my applause is working. <laughs> yes, that giveaway. I love it. It's better to give than to receive sometimes. So here we go. We're going to go ahead and roll it again. Let me do a quick screen capture. All right. So let me roll it again. And we have Jason Stone. That's what's up. Homeless and Balanced Vibrations. You've also won a copy of the Golden Intonation, and that makes two. Let me go ahead and screen capture this one also. And then who is it going to be today? One more again. Here we go. Rolling it. That's the original Red Main. <laughs> Homeless and Balanced Vibrations. You got that intonation. And that's on point. So thank you so much for those that have enrolled. You've actually, and, and congratulations for your success. So that is three copies of the Golden Intonation. Rock that wherever you go. You will be in alignment and in tune with all of us across the field on those perfect ratios. So we're going to keep this going. And now we're going to give away a full semester of the university, whether it's in semester one or semester two, that's of your choice. And again, how you redeem these gifts is you go into secret energy you go to the bottom right corner of the site. You'll actually see uh, the chat there, uh, the support chat. You click us inside of there, click on it, and then we'll get with you. Just give us your information. And so also, if you have the university already, semester one and semester two, and you want to give this away to someone, you can. So you can actually gift this to any person of your 
your choosing. So let's go ahead and roll it. And this is for a semester one or semester two of the university. This is a $300 value. Here it goes. We rolling it. And that'll go to Giovanni Lawrence. Yeah. (laughs) That's what's up. You're going to the university and that is a tuition that will change your life. So thank you so much for tuning in and subscribing and even commenting uh, whole wholeness, as you said, you've actually been able to get uh, a semester of the university. So congratulations. So last but not definitely least, we will also give a bottle of regeneration salve away. And once again, if you're experiencing anything that is topical, anything that is going on, even with your mineral absorptions, etc., and you would like to get a solution for that, Secret Energy's Regeneration Salve is a direct solution for those type of things. In fact, there is so many reviews on this product and what it's done for those who have been able to use it. I use it myself. We use the salts. We soak in the salts. Good night sleep. If you have insomnia problems, if you have inflammative problems, if you have even certain issues that are hereditary, you'd be surprised at what getting your magnesium intake and also the lobiella, the arnica and the different things that are put into this ancient formula now brought back to and forward to modern man. This is it. This is not a sales pitch. This is actually something that will benefit you and it lasts. So you can get a bottle here of the salve. That's more like the cream you rub on your skin. It's a little Vaseline like, meaning that that's what it kind of looks like. So you can get an idea of, of how it will spread on. And then there's also, and so that one's a little bit more resistant to water. And then we have a gel here that actually rinses off really easy, but it's also very easy to apply and it absorbs very fast. All these absorb very fast because we're using the magnesium and other things in the formula. And then you have the spray. And this is the, this is really based on preference of application. So it's easy to spray something on, especially if you're at the gym, maybe you got those knees that always hurt you, or maybe you even just get a problem and you want to have something on deck that you can immediately apply to it, even a burn, etc. This is it. And then you got the salts that you can soak in. So right now we're actually going to give away Actually, we're going to let you choose. So if you're the winner, you can choose whether you want the salve, the gel or the spray. Do you want the salve, the gel or the spray? And so that'll be what you answer for us if you've won. Get with us. And so let me go ahead and do that roll right now. Here we go. Roll it. And that goes to Mac L. Bay, Wholeness and Balance Vibrations. You've actually got yourself some of this regeneration salve. So I guess you got the Terminator as your icon if you go into, or excuse me, the Predator. So if you go into battle, this is what you would need to rub on after that if you take any kind of damage from Schwarzenegger. So that's it for today, Tribe. Wholeness and Balance Vibrations. Let me see if I can get my screen back up here. There we go. I'm going to see what's up with that. Have that fixed by next time. And also, just letting everybody know, you can join us in Ambassador Training. You can also check out Specialist Training if you're not quite ready yet to make that commitment to Ambassador Training. And also, I look forward to seeing everyone next week as we keep going into this Secret Energy Podcast semester, or excuse me, podcast episode seven. And that's what it is. So thank you so much, everyone. And I look forward to continuously linking with everyone. That's what it is. That story is based around certain events that have basically metamorphosized the future that we're living in. Resistance is planning something bigger.
story is big. Like, it'll blow your mind. It's just as deep as that mandible. If you understood, again, what you were looking at, you are actually seeing the complexity of the world. And you're just seeing it visually. And so it gives you the ability to look at the texture of the complexity. Your body has the DNA for it. You have a universe inside of your body that has a magnificent system. It was the climax of the universe already installed. And that every single animal essence and trait, every single plant, insect, anything that you can think of could be found within the body. Alright, alright, suppose what you say is true. What do you expect us to do with such a contraption? For my part, I intend taking a journey into the future. <laughs>